0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. Today is June 26th, 2015. My name is Timothy Langley. Today's burning issue is Womenomics, the participation of women in Japanese society and in Japanese politics. The reason why this is a burning issue is because of other issues we've handled on Tokyo on Fire, a declining population and a rising economy the need for the yen to be strengthened, and the need for the export model to be restarted to get Japan out of the doldrums. You can participate in our discussion by providing tweets to us at hashtag TokyoOnFire. You can provide comments to us at comments at TokyoOnFire.com. You can download this podcast on iTunes or watch it on YouTube. Today I'm joined by my co-hosts Michael Chuchek and Dr. Nancy Snow. Michael Chuchek is the well-known author of the foremost blog on Japanese politics, Shisaku. He's also an adjunct professor at Sophia University teaching politics. Dr. Nancy Snow is an Abe Fellow. She is currently writing a book on nation branding for Japan. Thank you for joining me again today. Great Thank to be back. So, our burning issue today is Womenomics. This is a hot issue for a couple of reasons, not just the declining population, but also this somewhat of a glass ceiling that prevents a valuable portion of the Japanese workforce to actually participating in in the Japanese economy. This has been going on for a long time. It's become a hot issue recently, especially in light of Abenomics. What do you think about this, Nancy?
1: Well, it's interesting. I guess the word was coined quite a while ago. Kathy Matsui of Goldman Sachs coined it in 1999, and then Abe got hold of it. About 2013 is when I started hearing about it, when he wrote an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal and then spoke at the UN, followed up, uh, I think, in January or February 2014, where he again talked about creating a country where women shine. And then last year, in 2014, an Abe-inspired conference uh, was held, an international conference called WA, Women uh, World Assembly of Women. And at that conference, which I attended over the two days, both Prime Minister Abe and Mrs. Abe went and, and met with each breakout group. Symbolically, it was really powerful because a lot of these international women coming from other parts of Asia, Southeast Asia, had never seen a head of state take the time out and go and sit down and listen, spend about 10 minutes in each breakout session. And I thought that alone made a big difference. But I think what we're going to get into today is the symbolic empowerment of women versus the realities. Right. And the statistics are still very poor, beginning with the World Economic Forum data looking at gender equality, uh, Japan has not really moved up there in the ranking. It is, uh, and, and the there's a disconnect. Women are still, uh, or Japan, I should say, is is number one in terms of gender equality, with uh, literacy, with uh, longevity, and healthcare. Uh, but where everything drops off is in women's participation in the political economy. Mm-hmm. So uh, you you just, and Abe, as a messenger for womenomics, it's a little bit murky because 10 years ago he was advocating for a society where you didn't have such gender fluidity. And so he's gotten on this bandwagon, I would argue, because it's about the bottom line. The reality is Japan is really hoping to right the ship of state vis-a-vis women's Work, working in the um, uh, the workplace, but my, my worry is, do you want to create a society where women are putting in the lengthy hours that men have done traditionally? And so far, I'm not sure how many women really want that lifestyle.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it is about the bottom line, but I think more importantly, particularly with the Prime Minister, it's about a political platform. Wouldn't you agree? <clears throat> I don't know.
2: I, I'm trying to confu- understand what the bottom line is here in, in terms of, is it the bottom line for the LDP, his party, mm. the, the Liberal Democratic Party, in terms of a long-term viable new electorate that they can try to bring into their base, or, yeah. is, it, or is the bottom line purely the, the large corporates? Because women are major economic players in the smaller and mid-sized companies, Mm. particularly as part-time workers. Mm. Uh, They're not so present in elite companies, multinationals, and certainly not in the government in a a very significant way, though Abe has promised that at least in the bureaucracy, he hasn't talked about politics, but he's talked about for the bureaucrats, that he wants a 30% quota, of uh, women entering the, uh, I don't know whether it's by 2020 or, or 2020. 2020, he wants right. 30% of the, those being incepted to be women, right. which which is a big change already from what exists there.
1: What is it, at 10% now? Yeah. When I said bottom line, I was looking at it in the context of what Kathy Matsui and the Goldman Sachs Economic. team has projected, maybe 12 to 15% mm-hmm. increase in the GDP, but again, I don't like to look at this strictly through an economic lens, because I think there are there are social issues here, there are stereotypes of women that still prevail and predominate. And also you've got to I I'd almost rather see family nomics or gender nomics, look at it in a larger context, because it it's still about a work-life balance and as I was doing my research for today, I was shocked looking at the world economic forum data. When you look at the, the little footnotes, the amount of unpaid work that women do versus their Japanese male counterparts. It's about 5.4 hours a day after work. If Mm -hmm. they're in the workplace versus a little over an hour for the Japanese uh, male husband. And, um, this is what I'm hearing from a lot of my Japanese women friends, most of whom are not married. Uh, they they want a certain lifestyle, and I'm afraid that they don't want a counterpart who's going to want to be sort of mothered and taken care of.
2: Okay, right. <laughs> well, then we, we have to. Okay, in, in framing that five to one ratio, yes, you have to, of course, frame it in 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 the the reality that most of those women that are being surveyed are what, in what is called part-time work. Now, anywhere else in the world, the hours that they put in would be full-time work, mm-hmm. but here they're, on, on, they're con- contract workers, mm-hmm. and they do go home at five,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Okay, whereas usually their male counterparts, if they're in, in either elite government or in elite corporations, goodness, God knows when they come home, mm-hmm. if they come home at all. Uh, it's late at night, so that the amount number of hours that they can put in are compressed. Uh, if there is a greater change, as you said, it's a gendernomics issue. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. a, a, an issue of womennomics. That's it's, right. it, it's about b- balancing between the genders, having some kind of flow going on um, of at-home work unpaid versus w- work outside the home. in a a paid environment, there has to be some kind of rebalancing between the two uh, gender roles. Mm -hmm.
1: I agree. And how many women want to go out with their overwhelmingly male counterparts night after night, people you're working with during the day? It's such a contrast to the U.S. where we tend to separate the work life and the play life or the private home life sure you might go out with some colleagues but it's sort of at an invitation right. hey let's go have dinner but here it is this mandatory part of the job and so you make a good point in that yeah they might be leaving the workplace at 5 and then it is they have more time to devote to the home so i'm not looking at this strictly in terms of you know men have to contribute more mm-hmm. but I'm just wondering with womenomics, the narrative has to be, does it make sense then to have a society where men and women are now putting in these excessively long hours and going out night after night uh with the colleagues is Is that the kind of society that japan wants and i'm I'm hearing again mostly from my female friends that they don't necessarily want that lifestyle. That then impacts their ambition to take on these higher level positions, the corner office, this sort of executive management level?
2: Well, we have to to backtrack just a little bit to make sure that we're all clear on womenomics, at least as Kathy Matsui described it, which is we can get more out of the Japan that we have. We can get more production. Mm -hmm. All we have to do is tweak some things having to do with women's ability to participate. And all of that pent up unused potential supposedly will will result in an explosion of productive power uh, okay maybe
0: yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> where would you begin taxes well we hear of, a lot about that tax well, reform
0: tax reform all sorts of labor reform the, all Childcare? Of these things child care uh, absolutely one of the great things about us focusing just on one single burning issue is because i think we can explore a cultural dynamic in flux. Things are changing now and we have a Prime Minister who is dedicated to ushering in that change. He, he wants to see a new Japan. He wants to see a, a more beautiful, a more vibrant Japan and he is at the helm and he has selected women as one of the forces to help him get there. You can't talk <laughs> about this without, as, as Dr. Snow brought up, this is the same
2: person who ten years ago was fighting against the LDP, yes, against the LDP's committee on gender issues mm. to backtrack and pull out of the, their manifestos and their legislation anything that approached and talked about a gender-free society, mm-hmm. gender okay.
1: neutral, exactly. a gender-neutral right. society.
2: Right. In, 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 in Japanese, is called gender-free. Mm. And gender, gender-free. there is no word that uh, that is constructed out of Chinese characters for that. It's always using katakana, uh-huh. so it's a foreign it's thing a t- to start off with, huh. and it's kept in this box of being a foreign language word. I'm
1: a foreign thing too. Well, but.
2: yes. But. <laughs> We accept that. But it's kept in this box in order to make sure that we understand that it is not pure, really Japanese. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, all this time, and and it's really, really been been obvious, all this time whenever issues of family have been brought up, almost every time the the report or the the, uh, piece of legislation starts out with Nihongata, the Japanese form of family, Mm. the Japanese form of women's empowerment. So everything Mm. always has to be set up as a foreign versus Japanese Mm -hmm. setup so that you would have to think, you know, Equality, well, we'd have to have a, a Japanese equality, mm-hmm. and not just pure equality or, or, you know, gender, a Japanese view of, of gender always has to be nationalized.
1: Not a Western woman's or American woman's version of equality, which would include perhaps being an assertive feminist, not that I've known any of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the United States went through this, you know, 15 years ago, too, and suffered huge social disruption. I mean, mm-hmm. the the incidence of, of breakup of marriage, you know, the divorce rate just shot through the roof and eventually, I mean, we have what we have now in the United States, where there is uh, more equality, there's more participation at the corporate levels, there's uh, there's more, um, you know, uh, college graduates, uh, female college graduates, who enter the workforce and stay in the workforce for longer periods of time. This m-curve that societies generally experience with uh, women entering the workforce and then leaving the workforce when they have their first child, and then they're out for a while and they come back into the workforce. That curve is, is so is so skewed when you take a look at uh, the Japanese M-curve as compared to other M-curves. And I think the reality is, is that there is social disruption heading the way. And I think uh, womenomics is one call to reality that things are going to change. But I'm not so sure that uh, the prime minister's policies are not just window dressing to bolster perhaps, uh, you know, voting roles or LDP uh, appreciation among women voters.
1: Well, I was just going to say, I've got a piece in the July issue of the ACCJ Journal profiling uh, the woman who heads up gender empowerment, Rui, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she is now, it's the second year for the World Assembly of Women. and. To their credit, whether it's MOFA the administration, they are including 30% men. They want to require that 30% men come to the conference so that it's not just women Mm. speaking to other women. And it's to this point of creating a society in which everybody's sort of building that consensus, which of course is very Japanese too, So, that you don't have this singling out of women that are seen as getting special treatment? Because Mm -hmm. that's what we went through in the United States. When you say 15 years, we're talking more like 40 years Mm -hmm. ago with that disruption. And the worry was oh, women, American women then, the worry was we were going to become too masculine, too much like men. Or getting a bit of a free
0: ride or.
1: Free ride, or that we weren't really qualified for jobs, it would just be affirmative action. I can tell you just one anecdote. Twenty years ago when I started teaching at a small liberal arts college in New Hampshire, I had a male colleague in a very public forum make a point to a group of students and other faculty that perhaps I was nothing but an affirmative action hire. I was dumbfounded, I, I, I was new to the position so I was afraid to say anything. But because in academic positions, even today, they will say women and minorities preferred. Okay, that is a form of affirmative action. Mm -hmm. But to suggest that I was not qualified for it, that it was simply to be a token woman, it was so offensive to me, but I I just had to kind of go along with it because I wanted to be accepted at that institution. So are we going to have some of those little ripples here i hope not and i think having more men in the conversation is important in Mm -hmm. fact even today talking about womenomics having both of you here as much as i would like to just do this by myself
0: (laughs) (laughs) we would too
1: (laughs) (laughs) right but it is just so critical that we talk about these realities so i don't think it's just window dressing Mm -hmm. i'm often very critical prime minister Abe, but in this case, I think he does get it. I've been saying that for a while. And I just think that we have to look at this in a larger context. So. I,
2: I, I, in the terms of window dressing, mm. uh, I confirmed before we c- come on today by going to the uh, website of the Nippon Kaigi, which is the right wing organization that ah. is very much behind. Um, Mr. Abe, and he's Japan
1: Conference. Yes, the, yeah.
2: n- n- the Nippon Kaigi, yes. And uh, it has on its homepage uh, all these buttons, which you can click to, to get to all these different parts of it. And it has one for, about our association for women. You click on it, and nothing happens. Oh, no. It doesn't it, it Does doesn't 404 doesn't. No, it's not, not even that. It doesn't even light up. <laughs> Under construction. So it, It's absolutely, positively... Nothing but window dressing. Mm. Oh, there is boy. nothing there. Mm. and Where's the it, it's, pen it's a symbo- to prick the balloon. It's, 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 it's symbolic of, of the, of the uh, issue in terms of women being involved in this kind of right-wing politics that exists. There are right-wing women, and they are participating in all of this. And the uh, prime minister, it comes from that right-wing group within the LDP. They... They have some really funny ideas, and the Prime Minister seems to vacillate between the two. It depends on which audience he's talking to. And when he's talking overseas, he, he flips on the womenomics and, and the, the equality issue. But when he goes to a campaign rally here with that specific group there, he talks their code words too. Mm-hmm. When
1: did he make the point about women taking three years off to raise a child and that backfired? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that in the context right. of the womenomics rollout and really getting on board with that and then the reaction here was, well...
2: <laughs> no, the, the, the reaction was, was fury. Yeah, because, that's right. Because you know, if I go out of my, my, my business for three years First, I'm obviously not indispensable. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I'm off the career track. Mm. This 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 has this idea of taking 3 years off. It has nothing to do with what a working woman needs was the reaction that I heard.
1: Right. And oh, and the other thing too, if you put it in the context of study abroad and globalization, a lot more women participating in that even mm-hmm. though the numbers overall have dropped. Right. So, I was recently at a panel where there was the head of international programs from K.O. and then from Todai. And my hand went up to ask about gender. And I said, "My, I'm presuming that you probably have a lot more women participating in this, going abroad to study English because they're more dispensable. And they said it was 60 to 70 percent, mm-hmm. female to male. That creates problems then because these women coming back, they're globalized. They have better command of English. Are they going to feel pulled to then... Go back overseas, sort of the in, instead of the brain gain here, the brain drain going right. going abroad. So you're going to have to figure out a way to integrate those women into this process as well. And those women are more likely, I think, to put off maybe marriage and family until a later date.
0: That's what we've seen, and now, uh, it's contributing also to the declining birth rate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get to the birth rate, but
2: first, there's you brought up the fact that you're, you're talking about elite women. And yes. that's one of the issues that's been taken up here domestically mm-hmm. in the political debate, that the womenomics m- story, the middle model, is all about keeping elite, yeah. uh, highly educated women in the workforce. Right. It's not about women working That's right. right. That's and right. women's Good point. work. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that this is a, a class-based mm-hmm. ideological position, mm-hmm. not a story about real integration. Mm-hmm. Right. And... You you just talked about it, that Mm -hmm. we have this internationalized, globalized workforce that is primarily female Mm -hmm. that's coming back in and I can understand that there would be corporate and also government interest to get these women back in. However, the reality here in Japan is that we have vast numbers and increasing numbers, percentages wise, of women uh, entering the workforce and that is the the ground reality mm-hmm. not the ideological base but the ground reality we have and 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 if you go to the the uh, if you go to the LDP and ask them what what are the achievements of, of abenomics the first thing that they'll tell you is we have you know created 800,000 positions for women mm. in the 2 years that Mr. Abe has been prime minister and they're very proud of that that of the million jobs that were created you know, that eight out, of, out of, of the ten or, you know, the four-fifths were women's jobs. They what
1: were, were these jobs? Were they part-time? No benefits? No, no, but that's, oh. the,
2: if you look at the stats also, the, the, they, at first they were part-time, but now they are uh, basically at a two-to-one ratio, in permanent positions. Mm-hmm. But whether women are still being hired, rap, being brought in at the same rate, that I have to, I, I would, I would be doubtful of. But nevertheless, the the party is very, very proud of employing women. Mm-hmm. But the ideology of womenomics, created by Kathy Matsui, who herself is an elite uh, woman, mm-hmm. Goldman uh, Sachs. Mm. Sure. Well, that's. <laughs> no, no, I mean, no.
1: yes, of course. Yeah, <laughs> she,
2: and and who who, who uh, this kind of use of of the education, primarily foreign education that may not be the, the actual economics that uh, Japan needs.
1: Mm. Uh, what is the difference? I mean, don't, when you get hired, say you're coming out of the university, maybe it's different if you're coming out of the top flight universities, but you have the elite career track, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have the sort of administrative support staff mm-hmm. track, don't you? So you have prime, the two primary tracks. The, the elite track is still overwhelmingly male-dominated. So that was my question about all this jobs creation. We love to put these numbers out there, but we don't usually sort of examine what's the reality of these numbers. What are, what are these women doing versus their male counterparts? Well, I, I,
0: the entry into the job force is a, just a little bit different. so It's not really an elite track or a, a standard track or a technical track. The track is, given Japanese language, and I use certain forms of language for people who are my same age, and I use a a more elevated for somebody who's a little bit older than me, so the way this works out in reality is we're all the same age, we finish college at the same time, we enter the company at the same time, so we speak at a friendly level to each other, and those people who entered a year above us, we speak a little bit more elevated. They they are senpai, and they do a little bit more respect than... Uh, than we deserve, and also somebody who is two or three years um, more, uh, two or three years uh, longer in the company, they get incrementally more respect and and uh, discretion. So when you, when you leave that, let's say, for example, you go to um, graduate school or you go to the United States and finish graduate school, and you come back and you enter the company, you are a first-year company employee mm. when all of the people that you're entering the company with are now three years, four years younger mm. than you, and them speaking up to you, straight to you, down to you, it's, it's, it's rather confusing. So the model is, if you're going to be on the elite track, you go to an elite school, you go to one of the top universities in Japan, and you try and get into the elite track. And the elite track here in Japan is trying to enter the ministries or uh, the very top of Japanese corporations.
2: Well, I was today, for example, talking with someone about uh, the, this person's office. And the, the person was explaining, oh, that's Mrs. So-and-so, and she's been with us the longest. However, she stopped out to have kids. So the one next to her, uh, she's actually been working here the longest, and she's the one who's in charge of the office. Right. And the, Mrs. So-and-so, she has to look up to the person who's been there longer in terms of work years, but fewer for, in calendar years, Came at a later Mm. date. And there's a lot of tension between the two. No kidding. Yes. Uh, Uh, Because the, because the, the person who has calendar seniority has to speak honorably to the person who's been there continuously because of the time that she went out to have children.
0: Though at a younger age.
1: Yeah, this right. brings in the matahari mm-hmm. or matahara yeah. maternity harassment right. mm-hmm. issue too. Can mm-hmm. right. one of you all address that? I mean, this was sort of new vocab for me.
0: Well, Michael, do you want to take
2: a stab at that? Related or, to that? Well, it's 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 sort of a trendy term, but it's now becoming a term that yeah, is not Yeah, there's a
1: website devoted it is, to and it. Now, it it's
2: it's right and it was based on a series of lawsuits that have finally become been resolved regarding the situation of a woman who had had miscarriages and was being asked whether she was having sex or not with her husband, and she felt this was harassing behavior by her boss. Uh, Maybe. Oh yeah, well (laughs) the thing is you have to, you you can have a measure, a very tiny measure of sympathy for the boss who's trying to negotiate a new world, Mm. and who may not be socially very, very adept, and not be entirely clued into how to be Right on the edge of, of the bleeding edge of, uh, of uh, social change, and so he's trying to figure out, okay, what what, what what's the question should I ask, uh, and blew it. Uh, mm-hmm. But nevertheless, this this maternity harassment, there, there are all kinds of currently a lot of hata. Right. it's there, there's 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 power hata power harassment, uh, which is you know what I used to call the boss. Versus the employee, but clearly there, there's a certain level of abuse that is no longer acceptable. Right. Um, there's uh, sekuhara, sekuhara. With that, that's that's sexual harassment, mm-hmm. and that has mm-hmm. technical and 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 legal uh, definitions that mm-hmm. we can actually look at.
1: What but about the, age?
2: Sure. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. that the harassment in terms of age, and there's there, there. I'm trying to think of one more that one of the, the new trendy ones. Oh, moral moral hara. Which I thought was, uh, um, which was, well, it, t- it turns out to be morale, where you 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 ruin a person's self-image, mm-hmm.
1: uh,
2: and that's that's one of the the, the 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 new trendy terms. And matahara is unfortunately coming in at the same time as all these other trendy terms, and so it's being seen in a somewhat uh, flippant light. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. And and but in the case of, of maternity harassment. You don't need harassment, you just need the system as it is right. for maternity to be a, a, a lousy thing. Uh, now as for the three-year issue, the, the, the issue that brings it up is that that's when you, at three years of age you can put the child into the kindergartens. You can put infants in the daycare centers and they're run by different ministries, the daycare centers, And the, uh, the kindergartens, ones, the kindergartens are run by the Ministry of Education. The daycare centers are run by the Ministry of Health. One of the reforms of the Abe era is to unify the systems Mm. so that there is access, uh, all the way down for women who want to work. Some people say that the, the reforms are actually regressive, that what the real goal is to lower the standards of care available so that uh, shady fly-by-night operators can get in to the the child care business with substandard. Mm -hmm. Currently, they can't meet the standards in terms of daycare centers, which have a very high standard in in terms of the teachers that they use, the the kind of uh, physical plant that they have, the hours that they can keep. You know, whether there's sunlight that plays on the, on the, on the, gra- on the uh, playground or not. Huh. You, all these things are, <laughs> all these things are regulated. And a lot of people think that the reform, it, which is supposed to be a part of womenomics, uh, is actually just a regressive thing to, to eliminate the standards.
1: Isn't one of the challenges here that traditionally Japanese women, once they have a child or two, they want to do the child-rearing. In fact, I've heard it's difficult. A couple of years ago, a friend of mine and I, we were offering ourselves to be babysitters mm-hmm. so that a couple, it was, uh, he, he's European and his wife is Japanese. We said, well, you ought to have a date night. Why don't you go out? And he said, oh, my wife would never permit strangers mm-hmm. <laughs> to be around our children. And I thought, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, we're pretty responsible, but I think culturally it is the the mother bonding with the child. And sometimes they don't even want immediate family involved in the babysitting. Mm -hmm. They don't want them out of their sight. So I can see why they have such strict regulation because this has been a long lineage of, of the mother sort of hovering over the child and but, the home and not letting anybody else.
2: But you always have to wonder what's tradition and what's ideology. Mm,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: what is traditional in Japanese life? And then you have to go into history and social history and you see how people organize themselves in the Edo period or in the interwar period, which was there was which was in terms of labor relations completely different from what we have in the post-war era. And the relationship between men and women, of course, during that time, constitutionally, they didn't have the right to vote. They were basically chattel. According to family law, they couldn't do anything without their their guardians. Uh, there are all kinds of other things that the, came good, into old play. the yeah. good old days, the good old days. Yes, there are all kinds of other things that <laughs> came into play. But in terms of labor relations, it was a very different, more fluid situation than we have now. Mm-hmm. Now, these these issues of you know, what should be a woman be doing? It's, you have to wonder whether it was not done in concert with government programs. When the first, for example, when the social welfare uh, uh, the system for pensions and other things were being worked out, this was at a time when the Japanese government really couldn't raise taxes. Mm-hmm. But the people were demanding a northern european you know scandinavian style social welfare system mm-hmm. and again what they came up with was with a japanese solution and a japanese solution in their view was aha we have families that that have three generations living in the house what that's going to be the basis of how we do our social policy mm-hmm. we're going to assume that the care of the elderly will be taken care of by by the wife, Ah. who's going to be a full-time housewife.
1: Or maybe the eldest child. Or the eldest child, whatever. All
2: of these things. (coughs) So instead of having the state provide, instead the, the, the woman would be the provider for both child care and elder care. And that was institutionalized. And... Of course the messaging that would come from the government and, and including the government's programs and what you'd have to write down inside forms and everything would be in sending this message about what your role in society is. Right. Mm-hmm. But that didn't last because Pretty- it turned out that men's incomes were not enough to cover mm-hmm. the things that you needed. And as the years of the decades of Japan when, when it was adrift, when the lost decades mm. economically, men's incomes didn't go up, so more and more women had to go into the workforce, mostly part time, to supplement. Right. But that meant that this model of women providing childcare and elder care was not going to work, and the government's been backpedaling and trying to figure out the new social form ever since. And. It's all starting from something that really doesn't exist anymore. I don't know anyone who lives all three generations in the house. I mean, there are a few, but it's not the major model of life anymore. That's right.
1: I'm I'm just wondering what has happened to uh, this sort of division between men and women with this not coupling. There are a lot of articles in the foreign press about forty-year-old uh, virgin mm-hmm. males. There was still there was an article. Earlier this week on CNN, that got a lot of play, and it showed the um, a Japanese uh, entrepreneur who came up with an idea to to have a men come together and draw the nude model so as to sort of get in touch with their feelings. You didn't see this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I,
2: I, I probably, it's a good thing that I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: right, right. Well, I mean, they I didn't would show. I probably
2: not have a television anymore, <laughs> having thrown they something They had the video, the but of course
1: they didn't. I mean, they covered her up, but it was, I, I just <laughs> remembered when I first came to Japan, so it's now been 22 years ago, and the women then, and I think I've said it on this show before, were obsessed with being married. The women I met, it's, mm-hmm. uh, Japanese women, obsessed with being married. By the time they were
0: twenty-seven, 28. right,
1: thirty would be totally the cutoff That's period.
0: Right.
1: So, and then when I went into the ministries, it was very gender segregated. So it was all—it was almost all men, sort of working, doing positions of power. And then the women were either, I mean, our translator was female, the tour guide, the woman pushing the cart in the ministries was female. So secretarial sort of roles reminded me again of decades before in the United States. 20 years later, the women I'm meeting here, and again, it's still, it's elite now. So I'm in the university. You're
0: in Tokyo. Right. I'm in
1: Tokyo. A lot of these women We don't talk about (laughs) when they want to get married. It depends on the age, but it just seems like um, increasingly women are being empowered, but in a very sort of singular context. So maybe they are um, having a a cost-benefit analysis. I want a higher-level lifestyle, so I I can't have it all, so I'm just going to live here in my nice apartment. I'm sort of mid-career and it's working out well for me. But I don't anticipate that a lot of these women I know are ever going to get married, ever going to have children. And it seems to be much more accepted now. Mm-hmm. But it's really been a shift in that projection of the uh, of the sort of ideological traditional. Now I want to do a slash ideological traditional model. Now no, that you've educated me on that, well, it's not—it's
2: not a, it's not a, a matter of, 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 of education in this regard. It's just that the the, uh, the government has had all these programs. Its social programs have to deal with the situation on the ground, and it's how they interpret the situation on the ground and the viability of it. That's been the issue, mm-hmm. right? The, the, I mean, at the time when they were thinking in the nineteen seventies okay, we have to have a social welfare system that covers everybody. Ha-ha, we have these three generational families. It's it's the usual problem of projecting from present situations future trends. Oh,
1: and by the way, that kind of model, though, I experienced in Fukui, Japan. So when you get away from the urban sector, it's not that unusual. When I spoke at a regional university, I inquired, about the students there and I said, are they going to move to Tokyo? What's the deal? And many of the faculty said, no, they love it here. They live in a three-generational home. They will probably put down their roots there. They're they're very proud of that part Mm -hmm. of Japan. Now, when I went to tell my students at Sophia, when I was teaching there three years ago, that I was going to Fukui, they said, "Why? why? Why would you go there? Why would you leave Tokyo? And so I thought, wow, these are really parallel worlds, aren't they? Because the Tokyoites couldn't imagine going to Fukui, and then the ones in Fukui, they they were still kind of in that, in that model of mm-hmm. taking care of the elderly. And I felt like, in a way, they were more laid back. They sure. seem less stressed.
0: They have more children.
1: And they have more children. When you're less stressed, I think you have more children. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Could okay. be wrong. Okay.
0: Which brings up the,
2: the, the, uh, the, the, the problem for Mr. Abe personally is that Mr. Abe himself is married
1: and doesn't have children. And
2: doesn't have children. And his wife doesn't really work. She runs a bar.
1: She comes from money.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and she, 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 she does her. She she, runs in Yamaguchi Prefecture, she has her, her, her rice patties, but she's not a, she's not a career person. And so he has this tension, of course, within what he's doing personally. Uh And, you know, he, he advocates women having more children, but he, he hasn't provided in that regard. But the Mm -hmm. thing is also that this issue of procreation, women's roles and income. And you, as you said, people who realize they can't have it all. Yeah. And say, okay, what can I do? Mm -hmm. That's something that's happening throughout. Of East course. Asia of course it, it, it's even the situation seems to be even worse in South Korea the same thing is happening in Taiwan in Singapore the government actually had a program which would pay elite women to have babies that that was only for elite college graduates
1: mm-hmm. huh.
2: uh, yeah uh, it didn't last <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs>
2: not even in, not
1: even Baby factories. not even <laughs>
2: Singapore the greatest meritocracy on the planet <laughs> could get that one <laughs> going. <laughs> Because that was just too obviously eugenics Mm -hmm. that being misapplied. But even so, all through East Asia, and now even more now even in China, we have the putting off of marriage until very late, so that there's a very small window of time for having children, and in many cases, no marriage at all. Mm. So, womenomics is also about singles. Right. Right. right, Sure.
1: Mm. And again, I mean, it's just a different. Uh, projection. You've got a society here, too, where uh, I've written about this in Metropolis, been about a year and a half, the uh, article that you commented on. It was called Uncool Japan, but I got into these sort of sexualized images of, of women in the, in the magazines, how, how prominent that is here in mm-hmm. a lot of the J-pop, and that it doesn't really match the reality As a lot of this sort of, uh, these more sexualized images don't match the reality of women, you know, true, real women, you see. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and I got just attacked in Mm -hmm. the uh, comment section because I I dared as a Western woman to comment on something that is so wild, you know, so common here. Where if I go into a law center or 7 Eleven, I'm just, accosted by some of these images of mm-hmm. women, and people kind of shrug about that. But I do think that that has an impact, though, on how we view women. as, as a are, are women sort of on their own, quietly taking on this sort of personal a- agency, empowering themselves, and letting the rest of this kind of go by the wayside as sort of wallpaper mm-hmm. decoration? I just wonder about that, because when I talk to Japanese women about this, they don't really get too worked up about these images, Mm -hmm. and yet there is something going on here when you don't have women wanting to marry and have children, and it's not just here in Japan, but it it does tell you something about what is going on that they are not inclined to want to take that track. I mean, why do they want to remain single? Mm -hmm. What is the payoff there? Because you've got to figure that out. And in the academy, too, uh, there are issues for... I mean, you're in the academy, I'm in the academy. Uh, most of the faculty here, it's not just a low percentage of foreign faculty, but it's still overwhelmingly male, yeah. right? And uh, my friend, uh, Yoko Ishikura at Ko University had to retire at 65, but then... <laughs> I read this week about the new head of the twenty twenty Olympics, the former minister, age sixty-five, who's now gonna head that up. And I'm thinking, you're in a country where women Mm. live to be well into their eighties on average. Why is there mandatory age retirement Mm. in the academy? Because it it, I mean, it impacts men and women who wanna keep teaching, but that really bothered me to hear that mm. she was forced out because she she turned a certain age. I yeah. mean, what's that all about?
2: Well, that, that, there's a basic difference in terms of the way the national university system is run. And and the, the retirement age is for both men and women. Let's make that clear. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, in terms of if you're going to try to make some change over time, it would be nice if there was some kind of flexibility in the women's
0: case, yeah.
1: Sure, sure.
0: Well clearly this this society is going through a a huge social change, uh, dramatic social change. We're seeing it and we can experience it almost, uh, at least on a monthly level, we can see the changes that are taking place. Let's talk just a little bit about the realities of women competing with men in the corporate world or in the political world. Um, the numbers don't go very well in women's direction for competing at the same level as men. I mean, even for men entering the workforce and achieving uh, increasingly uh, more senior positions, it is very tough. I mean, it's, it's not a 9 to 5 by any stretch of the imagination. And I think, just physically, women are not trained for that. They're not indoctrinated as children to, to uh, assume that role or to aspire to that. And I think they're just disadvantaged from the very beginning. I'm just um, rather uh, negative on the, the possibility of womenomics actually catching on. I mean, the number of women in politics in Japan is lower than the number of women in politics, the ratio of women in politics in Saudi Arabia. So that's a, that's a telling uh, statistic. So yeah.
1: is Saudi Arabia saying, thank God for Japan?
0: <laughs> makes us look thank, good thank
1: Allah, it, it yes. Allah for Japan uh, and add to that it's not just women competing with men how about women competing with other women
0: oh that's a tough one isn't it yeah um, uh, that's you know those rules of competition among uh I mean within the sexes has you know that's a
1: when you don't have full equality, of I mm-hmm. often say women keep sort of eating their young in the sense mm-hmm. that we don't have the old girls' network, so to speak. So oftentimes when women get to a certain place, they kind of...
0: Well, I think that's... We were talking about that just a little bit earlier. Uh, the role model, the lack of role models. so right. People are, are cutting the cloth as they go forward and there will be mistakes made. They're, they don't have pioneers that they can look to that have written novels that are... are uh, Talking about how how they have changed, you know, the corporate culture. Uh, those are just very very much lacking.
1: And and actually, Kathy Matsui has talked about that too. By the way, she's a terrific speaker. So I didn't mean to be flippant about mm-hmm. her being mm-hmm. at Goldman Sachs. It was to your point of the elite level. But still, the message is clear, and she talks about not just push. Factors, but poll factors too. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's a lot more sophisticated there, and I'm glad she's she's out there promoting this. I I w- I would love to see again more men and women um, beyond Kathy Matsui speaking to this because it shouldn't be just one woman that we go to. It's sure. sort of that also sends a message that okay, that's her Bailey Wick. But this is a concern for all of us. Well, I think
0: uh, her example is a a good kind of a a barometer for us in that um, even though the women might not be able to make the cut in Japanese corporations, the foreign corporations, and there are plenty of them here in Japan, are uh, more accommodating. They do accept a a lot of women. Uh, The women are educated. They're highly educated, and uh, they can do a lot of the work. So even though they might have left the workforce for a couple of years and had a couple of children, hopefully a couple, um, when they come back in, they are welcomed and uh, treated fairly, I think, in most uh, uh, foreign companies. Well,
1: the foreign companies are great in terms of diversity and inclusiveness, including LGBT Mm -hmm. and and other issues. So it's it's sort of like what we say about the Democratic Party in the U.S. It's kind of the big tent approach. Everybody contribute, and uh, yeah, we just want to have the best people here, um, but uh, it, it, this is, uh, I don't really have all the answers. I don't know whether we're going to try to resolve this well, <laughs> challenge okay. yeah, today. We, let,
2: let's, let, <laughs> we should, in, in talking about the difference between the behavior, of, it, let, we should, in talking about the difference of behavior between the foreign companies, the gaishike as it's called, mm. and domestic companies, they have different goals in mind. In the case of the foreign companies, they hire for performance. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. They hire mm-hmm. for right. somebody right.
2: who, it doesn't matter whether they've got a green arm coming out of their forehead, as yeah. long as that person can do the job. Mm. They'd, it doesn't matter what you know, who you go to sleep with. It doesn't matter who you wake up with. They don't care. The I think out. the
1: green arm and the oh, the forehead green, okay. would be distracting.
2: It would though. be distracting, but they they put them in, put them in 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 accounting green armor
1: put in accounting.
2: Whatever. Okay,
1: let's oh, let's yeah. stay focused here. Uh,
2: <laughs> but in this case of the the Japanese domestic corporations, you're hiring not for necessarily for performance but for the ability to fit in, and it's true. And for legacy.
1: Okay, inefficiency, but yes. yes, but the, well, ineffi- the thing is, that the,
2: but you get the efficiency of people whom you can get along with, with whom you have a shared set of values where you can all be as a part of a team. That, and it's a problem, of course, in all corporate and uh, let's say bureaucratic environments all around the world where there's selectivity, people tend to select people like themselves. Sure. Right, but here in Japan, it's exceptionally so, and it's the problem is that it's it's made all the worse by the lack of the creation of new companies. Mm. There is so little in the way of the creati- of, of, of creative destruction. Mm-hmm. Just recently, the Keidanren, the Nippon Kei the the major business lobby, mm. had an election of new uh, vice presidents. Of those vice presidents, okay, there's about, I guess, 30 of them, there was not one company that was represented that was less than 100 years old.
1: Oh my gosh, wow. Now,
2: if you're talking about companies that are over 100 years old, stretching back into the Meiji period, okay, then you're talking about a mindset and a legacy that, it's gonna take a couple more decades to right. work, work out of your system.
1: They're not doing late night infomercials, are they? No, no. no
2: this is, the established <laughs> companies in Japan, when they say established, they mean it. Sure. There's no such thing as a Google, that's just mm-hmm. suddenly you know, two graduate students come together, bang, we have one of the world's most valuable companies. Mm-hmm. Nothing like that. These things are very, very old. And even ones that are extremely profitable, cutting edge, like Toyota. Toyota was originally a maker of silk looms, Mm -hmm. automated silk looms. It's, it, it then got into automobiles, but it's been there forever. And all these companies have been there forever and they have these corporate cultures. So when they recruit, right there, it's not, you know, I'm here right now in 2015. No, their brains are back in 1915.
1: Right. I remember having a conversation with some students when they were going out in the job hunt about whether or not they could wear a slightly off-color white. Yes,
0: white or blouse off-white? or yes. yeah. No. It was just well. No, no, exactly. That's, right. that's what told me. You dye your hair
1: How do you get noticed?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, you're not supposed to get noticed. <laughs> You're supposed to fit the mold, right? Yeah. You're, you
2: are, we are all individuals. We are all individuals. Yeah, yeah that's this exactly thing, you know. Right.
0: K Don Ren is also somewhat unique when people try and find out how many female uh, uh, board members there are in any of the companies within K Ren. Their policy is not to publish, you know, the male female. Uh, makeup of their boards.
1: Are they not doing annual reports?
0: They do annual reports, sure. Oh, okay, sure. but um, they
1: don't reveal... Well, they are, they
0: are the major, they are one of, I mean, it's... it's they're the largest, major source of information right. about Japan's corporate uh, behaviors, right. uh-huh. and even they don't keep the stats. Yes. So. Oh, boy. So, I mean, there there are a lot of, they're not glass ceilings, they are like, uh, maybe concrete ceilings. Uh, <laughs> concrete walls. Yes. To, <laughs> but, I mean, there, there are changes. Uh, you were talking about um, the number of new companies that are that are coming into the market. A lot of these are headed by women who have basically said, I'm not going to try that tract, I'm going to try and open my own shop, I'm going to be my own person, I'm going to create my own company.
2: Entrepreneurship is really a female thing here Mm -hmm. in Japan, to be honest, it really is. Mm -hmm. There are, of course, the hotshot guys, but in terms of smaller companies, especially outside of Tokyo, women are, are the story there.
1: Well, doesn't this go to the point, though, that, that women can take more risks? It's like going abroad. I've, I was talking to a young man sure, sure. last week when I went to this panel on globalizing higher ed, and he said he, a Japanese fellow, he had studied in Melbourne, but a lot of his male friends were very concerned that he wouldn't be able to come back and get on that career track that they were on. Now, of course, he's working at a foreign company, but he said, oh, by far women can take more of that risk Mm -hmm. because they're not seen in the same light. I think there's still incredible pressure on these men to sort of go along with the way that it's been set up here, cradle to grave, Mm -hmm. even though it's not really around anymore. Right. So, it is,
0: it's the model. I mean, a lot of people think of Japan as that's the way. I mean, you, you enter a company and you stay there for the rest of your life and most of the Japanese economy is dominated by these large monoliths and that's not actually the case, but the story just seems to uh, uh, to be perpetuated.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The basic model now is that the government's trying to create is a model of two working parents mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Children.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: and children. And children.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
2: the that's where their fulcrum point is. Mm-hmm. They want people to get married younger. They want people to get married and have the ability to have kids. And there's a there's a certain amount of, of cynicism and, and materialism in that. They're saying we need future taxpayers. Sure. We're not producing enough future taxpayers. Get going, citizens. We'll try to figure out things that make you want to have yes. kids. Uh, that's that. Let's let's assume that a lot of these people, even if they get married, are not going to have children. Is not something you will ever hear a politician want to talk right. about.
1: Well, I mean, getting back to the point about de-stressing, then. If they're both working, they have children, that's where some of this uh, social service support comes in. Because you, you want people to, to feel like they are... Um, being contributing members of society, but they they also have that work-life balance. That's what I keep hearing, is Mm -hmm. that uh, even if you're you're a single woman putting in long hours, uh, that's fine if you don't have children because you can go home or on the weekends, (laughs) you don't have those same commitments. But if you have the children and you're also working full-time, I mean, when do you get any of your own time, even as a couple? I mean, it just sounds very stressed out mm. to me.
2: Mm. Well, there's, there's also a, a generational aspect. Mm. What we're seeing now is the retirement of what's basically the Showa generation, the, mm. the, the time of the Emperor Hirohito. when the, the people who are now approaching retirement age, they got their first jobs during the time of rapid economic expansion. Boomers, mm. boomers. These people, when they came in, Well, that's maybe a little bit before baby boomers, but still, you know, these people are now in their, getting to their seventies, and they're not getting any more extension (coughs) contracts with their corporations. Mm -hmm. They're finally retiring, but they are part of a, really an ideological wave where we all were poor, we worked very hard the men just worked all day long and then on into the night and we caroused at night with our co-workers and those are the that's the that's what's in the executive suite now mm-hmm. until those people are gone until that generation is finally retired out of the system that viewpoint will not die. Well,
1: then that impacts that younger woman coming into the workplace. Again, what Kathy Matsui was talking about, the women who leave get off the career track. It's often the work atmosphere, maybe dealing with some of these dinosaurs.
2: Right. (laughs) <laughs> well, they're dinosaurs, but, they're, but, but it's not that they're completely off base yeah. because it worked for them Sure, and right. there's sure. a certain degree of nostalgia. In fact, they, they changed a national holiday into Showa Day mm. in order to m- pay commemoration both to the emperor, we, we don't want to say about that, but also to the era mm. of the rapid economic growth, all of us making our efforts and, and we pulled the country right out, out of the ashes.
0: You know,
1: Mm -hmm. that that's That's why we've got these social fissures here, though, now in Japan where you really you feel it because I can't speak to all of these people. But I wonder how many of them would be the ones who would support singing the national anthem in the school or if they because you said nostalgia sounds like 20th century uh, when Japan really uh, had this posture of sort of taking care of the rest of Asia.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, okay, and, you, you have to think back, okay, this is the 70th anniversary year yeah. right now of the end of World War II. So anyone who wants who has a memory of the ah. Imperial Japan has to be above 70. Right, right, right. And those people are already out of the workforce. Sure. What, you're, what you're talking okay. about, are, especially in the, in, the 50, children, in the 50s to 60s group, High growth are the high growth people who, who came of age in the high growth period and... Naturally, they're for more the rest patriotic. Of, for, for the rest of their lives, they look at the world based on the lens of, you know, we started out poor, we ended up rich. We did it by doing by working hard. We did it by sacrificing our family life. We did it this way. Mm-hmm. And if those people are sitting in the corporate suite, that value system is going to trickle down all the way down to the hiring level. Mm-hmm. And we, in fact, see very interestingly in the uh, the social surveys that the uh, cabinet office runs a blip in the number of wo- young women who want to be housewives for mm. a long time it was it, it was mm-hmm. a declining number but mm. now we've seen this sudden rise mm-hmm. and of course those are the children of that generation right. you know they 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 reflect their the ideology that their parents w- were, grew up under right. so we we seeing this and so that we have People who are 50 years apart or 30 years apart suddenly having the same value systems, while well, the, the generations in between have a much more egalitarian and much more mm-hmm. gender, uh, what is the word in English, gender-free in Japanese. But mm-hmm.
1: That's interesting because I have talked to some of my friends here about the, well, a, a reporter friend of mine who said in her age group, she's an American living here, in her mid-twenties, and she meets a lot of Japanese women at that age who, through her lens, she sees as lacking career Mm -hmm. ambition. Now, I'm not trying to disparage staying at home and raising children, but you do wonder if... uh,
0: You put your energy where you see the pale. Yeah,
1: and I mean, really, I think the ideal is to give people... Options. Mm-hmm. So, if if you want to choose a track of stay-at-home mom, I mean, I value that. I had a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. I took that totally for granted. It
2: doesn't work though, because the what? same survey ah. interviewing young men of the ah. same age find that they right. want their spouses to work. That's, mm-hmm. true. That's they, true. They 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 <laughs> only see the. Whole, I remember really they, telling yeah, me yeah, that. Yeah, they they <laughs> only, They can. They see economic survival as requiring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm two income families
1: cuz it looks too it looks too cushy probably yes. to those guys they're like mm-hmm. wait you're staying at yeah. oh, home oh come yes. on give us a give a give, <laughs> give
2: men some kind of credit that they might actually be looking at reality yes. <laughs> <laughs> rather than a dream in this case you know uh, there could, because there's really no place now in Japan for a single income family mm. there's just not it the, the there is no way to make that work.
1: Okay, single-income family, but there is a place for a single-income male, single-income female. Yes. Redefining family. Redefining
2: family. That way. <laughs> right. with, family with, unto oneself. And, and the ideology of the LDP now is that they have children and that it's a, a nuclear family uh, with social help. Mm. And that's why they, they created, with tremendous electoral Consequences, a long-term health care benefit to deal with elderly seniors that the state would take that over. It it probably cost them millions of votes uh, mm. and gave millions of votes to the DPJ hmm. in, in the in the in the late in the late millennial years, and may have indeed been the thing that got the DPJ into power in two thousand and nine hmm. was resentment of seniors of this. Of this new system and, and the taxes that were associated with it the, uh, pissed off a lot of folks. Uh, but the state saw that unless we have this, there's nobody to take care of the seniors. We have to be able to fund it. And so the state and, and Mr. Abe, I think, in the 10 years since his little dalliance with traditional or <laughs> ideological. Families of w- one male income earner and then the housewife. That in the in- intervening decade, they've come to this point where there's two incomes, two kids, ideally maybe three, one more for the f- one, one for mom, one for dad, and one more for the state. Right. Uh, <laughs> that and, and there are communities that pay for the third child.
1: Oh wow! Now, yeah,
2: there are communities that pay that if you have a third child, they will pay all of of social costs for mm-hmm. them that there this is our this is this is the new model and if they can make it work i doubt it it's just not it, the rest of east asia has been trying the same thing right. uh, but if they can make it work then then japan in their view has been saved
1: well i just hope we can have more of a national conversation and even international conversation on these issues so mm-hmm. that it's not just japan's problem or challenge but Rather, it's a way of dealing with globalization, it's a way of dealing with, I think, a social media effect, because more of us are online and we're making relations with people who we don't see on a regular basis, but with whom we feel a connection. So we're redefining family through our social network, Mm -hmm. and that is impacting then this sense of uh, there have been some articles of late about this younger Japanese men saying, oh, "I've done a cost benefit analysis and I sort of like being single because if I date a young woman, she's going to want me to spend a lot of money on her in the courtship process, and then when we get married, there's a big expenditure then. <laughs> and then is she going to keep working? I worry about that uh. too. So." That's what's happening, and that's an but international thing. A, a,
2: but in the case of Japan, there's also a, a certain amount of social panic, in terms of of the, because, at least in the 1990s, in the, in the early millennial years, women who made that calculation were called parasite singles,
1: mm-hmm. oh,
2: living of off course. mom and dad, living off mom and dad, <laughs> living with mom and dad, and and not doing their womanly duty.
1: And now for the male version is failure to launch. Right. <laughs> right? was that that ha- movie? That has
2: no connotations at
0: all, thank goodness. None. <laughs> Moving back to uh, the issue. Well, clearly, the society is in flux, and what happened today is not going to be what happens in five years. And even if people follow your advice, Michael, and begin having babies immediately, <laughs> it's not really going to help us in the the midterm. Uh, Something has to change and I think technology will play a role, politics will play a role. Uh, The fact that um, the economy here is still in the doldrums. Uh, What realistically can the Japanese people do? What should the politicians do to to really put a punch behind womenomics? They have a couple of other choices besides womenomics. They can allow more foreign workers to come into the country and provide uh, labor in that in that way, but uh, I think that that likelihood is very, very low. Um, they could be, um, what, uh, in, in... Robotics. In robotics maybe, robotics one of is... One a... favorite answers well, to it's, that question. Well, it, it's a good one, but it's about 20 years away. Um, I think the Womenomics is a, is a good one to go with. I'm not sure so much about uh, how much, uh, you know, throw weight it has, but uh, there are some some uh, some things they can realistically achieve in the short term that's going to make a difference. There's a basic paradox here. The ideology that
2: even the female members of the, Japan, of the current cabinet have been playing up is that the world is divided into men and women and they have specific roles. Mm-hmm. And if you go into the, the archives of the things that were said by Minister Arimura or Minister Takaichi and the things that those two women have said about gender-free society, and, and, and gender free education. They have trashed it throughout mm-hmm. their entire careers. Uh, how they are in charge now. And ostensibly that means, oh my gosh, we've got entered a dark age. But the paradox is, is that only these kinds of people who have expressed these ideas in the past can actually bring the change about. They have the, the bona fides. They have the conservative, background that gives them mm-hmm. the street cred <laughs> right. to say, I've changed my mind about this, and we can do this. Only they ha- can quell uh, any kind of rebellion from the the right-wing part of the Japanese electorate and the Japanese political sphere, and mo- most importantly, the online communities, mm-hmm. which have just absolutely virulent views and do just incredible Uh, sudden storms of protest about anything having to do with the roles of of women in society, they have the the ability to say this is what needs to get done for the country's sake. Mm -hmm. A liberal or DPJ or or whatever opposition party group would never be able to to get anything done. Mm. And so that's the Abe paradox. Only Abe, the conservative, okay, the nationalist conservative that most um, non-Japanese media organizations depict him as. Only he has the ability to make liberal economic or social legislation, get through the diet and be passed and be implemented. Mm-hmm. So whatever we may be saying negative about or possibly that's off-color about
0: Mr. Abe and and his situation.
2: Nevertheless, only he has the street cred. Sure.
0: Well, one of the things that you can always say about Mr. Abe is that he surrounds himself with very good people. I mean, his cabinet is packed with very astute and experienced uh, professional politicians, and I think as a result of that, he has changed his attitude and his his, at least his pronouncements. I don't know if his heart is fully into it, but uh, one can hope because uh, it is a large portion of the Japanese population that uh, could contribute in a significant way.
1: Yeah, I um, maybe I haven't said anything bad about Abe today, no. so. but um, I, I get your point. Uh, I, I want to beat the drum again, though, for increased political participation and women finding their voices. That's a common theme in my work, and
0: I men too. I think
1: that's happening. Uh, Sure, and I, I think some women, frankly, are going to vote with their feet, including going abroad, and uh, they're not going to stay in mm-hmm. Japan if things don't change over time. Things change here very, very slowly. But women are already voting, in a way, their political participation is going up because mm-hmm. they are electing not to do what Abe ideally wants them to do, which is to reproduce. Mm-hmm. So in a way, they're politically engaged, but it's just not the goal that he has in mind. But it's sending a message, though, that what you are selling, I'm not buying. I'm making, again, this this economic judgment that it's not worth it. I don't want to live like the previous generations did. Mm. It may come across as selfish and self-entitled, and so be it. I see a lot of these women buying the fancy purses and having their dress to the nines again from top to toe and uh, so what do you do about them? They're, mm-hmm. they're not going to suddenly have this epiphany that, oh, well, I need to do this for the betterment of society.
0: It's not going to happen overnight. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great conversation. It's not over yet. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Womenomics or with uh, Womenomics as proposed by Uh, the Abbey administration, but it's an issue that's not going away because I think the second choice, uh, immigration, is probably far, far down the selection chart.
2: Certainly, we're we're going to have a reduction in the number of of available workers. We've we've had a shrinking workforce for a very long time. The only way that it's been made up is by hiring more and more women. But now, the uh, ratio of women participating in the labor force is above that of the United States, and it's heading towards basically what is a max Mm. uh, in terms of this issue of what who's going to provide long-term care to the elderly. Uh, There is really... They've they've made up a lot of ground. There was a big loss in women's employment after the 311 tsunami Mm. and Mm. Fukushima disaster. An extraordinary drop off of the track. But it's now back on track with, with this uh, Abe administration. Sure. The, but at, at some point, you're going to start leveling off. You can't mm-hmm. just keep pulling people in from, from the population that you've got. If you've got a shrinking population, you're going to eventually reach a plateau in terms of what womenomics can deliver. And then will come the big question immigration, yes or no?
0: Right. Well, part of that influx was supported by subsidies provided by the government to you know, get the women back into the workforce. You could hire uh, women, new new employees, mid, middle-aged peop, uh, women who have already had one or two kids to come back into your company, and you didn't have to pay their salaries for two months or three months. Try them out and see if they uh, fit the, the minimum standard and then employ them as, as full-time employees. Well, you, you also saw things like uh, police departments now are, because they
2: have new needs, in this case, sexual harassment, domestic violence cases, they are actively chasing down any of their former female employees who, who have opted uh, out mm. to, to, to go and have children. They're saying, please come back in. They're, mm-hmm. they're, and they're doing mentoring programs right. with other f- police women coming to, to the, the former employees and saying, look, it's a, it's a great job. Yes you are a police officer but there's there are lots of benefits there's a way of doing this I've done it mm. it it the entire the society is changing and trying to deal with these areas where there is where there are shortages appearing mm. and that as much as anything as even as much as government policy the shortages of labor are driving the relationships between men and women in this country.
1: What about in the military? I mean, reaching out now more to women in the Coast Guard. I see that in the advertising here, promoting more women. Uh, Can they move up quicker in the ranks? Certainly in the United States, it's become easier for women to move up in the ranks in in public service, in the public sector.
0: Well, I'm not sure about in in the military or the Coast Guard, but I think there are other areas that...
2: The SDF and the, and the Coast Guard are recruiting very hard mm-hmm. among women, and because they, they they have to get have the bodies. Right. And uh, the the, uh, the classic. The, the, there are so many women now in the ground self defense forces. It's really quite astonishing mm-hmm. that there, if there were uh, greater integration between the United States forces and Japanese forces in the case of this collective security. Debate that's going on currently. Oh, by far, you the, the, would see
0: more. Absolutely, there, there would
2: be issues involving Japanese women soldiers who could go into combat, whereas American women soldiers would not be right. able to. Mm-hmm. And that would be one of the that would be a shock to the system. That I, maybe we should be looking forward to that when that day happens, when the the the. the uh, The the Japanese Musume is the one rushing
0: in and the American says, well, you know, regulations say I can't go there. (laughs) On that note, I'd like to draw today's riveting discussion to a close. You've been watching Tokyo on Fire. Today's burning issue has been womenomics. Women participating in Japanese society at the corporate level through education. How do you integrate them more into society in a population that is declining? Where is that tax revenue going to be coming from? Thank you for listening. You can post your comments to us at comments at tokyoonfire.com. And alternatively, you can send your tweets to us at hashtag TokyoOnFire. Download our podcast on iTunes or watch us on YouTube. Thank you for watching. We're going to take a two-week break after this episode. We'll be back in the middle of July with a new burning issue. Stay tuned. Thank you very much.